Welcome to the Brain Trust Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. Whether you're a leader, a coach, a salesperson, or even a parent, this podcast focuses on how to leverage the science of decision-making to help you become a more impactful communicator and a driving force for change. Today, we're going to talk about the brain chemistry of trust. And before you doze off in your car, if you're listening as you're driving and drool starts running down the side of your face, I want to tell you that I promise I will make it applicable to you as a sales and marketing professional. Now, we know that people buy from people they trust, they trust people they like, and they like people they connect with. Well, there's a neurobiological process that we go through that leads to trust. And conversely, it also can lead to distrust, all, and it all depends on how someone's communicating with us. Now, for purposes of today's show, we're going to talk primarily about trust that's built in a face-to-face engagement. Uh, in, in the earlier episodes, we talked about the neuroscience of how we process information to make decisions, but there's also, and we, we talked about that from a structural standpoint, cognitively. But also inside of our brains are, are these neurochemicals, neurotransmitters, uh, also some hormones. And there, sometimes there, those terms are used interchangeably, particularly by the layperson. But for us as professional communicators, we're just going to call them brain chemistry. And we'll get to that in just a second. So, so there's lots of different neurotransmitters inside the brain. Some of them you're familiar with, you know, serotonin, epinephrine or adrenaline. There's dopamine. But we're going to focus on two specific ones uh, for use for us as professional communicators, and that's oxytocin and cortisol. Now, oxytocin, this is known as, the we call it, the trust chemical. Uh, it was originally discovered through research when a, when a mother gave birth to a new baby, they both had super high levels of oxytocin. So originally, it was known as the bonding hormone or bonding neurotransmitter. But the more we've studied it, the more we realize when there's care, connection, empathy, and trust present in a conversation between two people, then oxytocin levels are really high. So it's the trust chemical. So I'm sure if you're like me as a sales professional, you want your oxytocin to be really high in all of your customers because you want them to trust you. Now, cortisol. Cortisol, you might be familiar with, is the stress hormone or the stress chemical or neurotransmitter. And cortisol is an interesting neurotransmitter or hormone because it's a double-edged sword. You see, we need cortisol because it allows us to focus our attention, but too much of it can flood our system and cause us to completely draw inward, go into self-preservation mode, fight or flight kicks in, and we stop really interpreting the world around us through an empathetic lens at all, and it's completely through the lens of self-preservation. So as you can imagine, we want our customers to have the right amount of cortisol, so they're actually focusing and paying attention to us, but not so much cortisol that it floods their system and puts them into fight or flight mode. So the balance between these two chemicals are what makes a great connector and great communicator effective. And what do I mean by that? So when I'm talking to to you and I'm telling you a story and I'm sharing something personal with you and maybe there's a little vulnerability there, maybe it's, it's an experience that I had that you can really relate to. What happens when I share that type of story with you is your empathy kicks in, it triggers your oxytocin, your oxytocin goes up and by nature, your trust in me also goes up. Now, conversely, if I'm attacking you 
whether you perceive that to be, I don't mean literally, but if I'm uh, uh, presenting information into you that you think is false or that you have all of these different cognitive biases around, which by the way, go back and watch the last episode if you want to learn more about the cognitive biases. If you are looking at me through the lens of distrust, then your cortisol will spike. And when your cortisol spikes, what happens is you're looking for either A, all the information you possess in your brain to refute what I'm saying, or B, you're simply looking for a way to get out of the conversation with me. So as a, as a customer, when you're communicating with me with facts and data to try to convince me that what you're saying is truth, my brain interprets that at, through first the lens of risk. And then my experiences tell me that salespeople are constantly trying to convince me with their facts and data to change or to buy something that I don't want or need. So all of these red flares go up, my cortisol goes up, and then nothing that you can do or say is going to convince me to buy from you. Now, at the same time, if you're presenting information to me without fear-mongering, but using some insight and using some maybe some study data or some research reports or something that, that shows me that maybe the way that I'm doing things today isn't optimal, but you're not actually telling me that it's not optimal through your products, facts, and features, it makes me stop and go, hmm, I never thought about that that way. Guess what happens? My cortisol spikes. But the stress that I'm feeling now is a result of the problem you've presented, not as a result of the presenter. This is such a huge difference, and so many salespeople don't understand this. And if they did, it would change the way they communicated. Uh, and, and this is why, if you think about the order, people buy from people they trust. People don't buy from people that spike their cortisol just the right amount. That's not the first expression, right? People buy from people they trust first. So as salespeople, we have to establish personal trust first, then credibility can come later. And once we've established personal trust, then your oxytocin goes up, then now I can sit on the same side of the table with you. And we can talk about the problem and I can spike your cortisol just the right amount to get you to think that the problem is actually the problem and I'm not the problem as the salesperson. Now, why does all this matter and how do you actually take this into a sales call and apply it? Because this is where it can get really confusing and difficult because you can have, it's like if you've ever taken a golf lesson, you know, I, I, I'm not a great golfer and I've taken one lesson and when the golfer gave me like 17 things to change because I'm that bad of a golfer, guess how many things I changed? Zero, because we just can't do that. And we get into more of the barriers to change in an upcoming podcast show. But just think about this. With all of this, I only want you to remember a couple of key points. Number one, you have to share some form of personal story with a customer that shows that you understand them, you're empathetic with them, that you share similar life experiences, you have similar belief set systems that allows them to trust you. Stories will do that if they're not about you. They're, they're about maybe your experiences and people in your life that maybe have had some influence on helping you get to where you are or some empathetic stories around what you know to be true about the customer and what they've had to go through, what they've experienced to show them that you understand them. That will drive oxytocin and up in both of you, by the way, which will create that personal trust that we need. Once that's established, then now, instead of me being on the opposite side of the table and us having this ping pong back and forth trying to figure out who's going to win, who's going to lose, once we have personal trust, you can swing around and picture yourself swinging around the desk with your customer and pointing to the problem that's been drawn on the wall and looking at it collectively together and how you can solve it. And that's the key. 
And in later episodes, we're going to show you how to actually professionally spike the the cortisol in your customer's mind using insight just the right amount to get them to focus their attention on that problem. But for now, just know that these two chemistry, neurochemistry, neurotransmitters in the mind of your customer are paramount. And when you see your customer eyebrow raised, arms crossed, scoffing at things, you have spiked their cortisol too far without enough oxytocin. So there's a lot more stress and a lot less trust. And as sales professionals, without the trust, we have to, we have to earn the right to spike their cortisol with the stress. And as, as professional communicators, many of us don't take the time to truly connect. One last thought on this, and we'll get into this more in future episodes, but creating a connection to drive oxytocin is not the same as building rapport where you walk in and say, thank you, Mr. Customer, for meeting with me today. I see you have a picture of a sailboat on your wall. You sail, I drink water. Are we connected? Did I spike your oxytocin? Do you trust me? See, we've been, we've been misled that we're supposed to go through this ritual exercise with customers by picking out things around their office and trying to figure out a way to make them think that we actually care about them. There's only one secret to making your customer believe that you care about them. You know what it is? You guessed it. You actually have to care about them. And the way that you show them you care about them is by sharing personal stories of your life and your experiences or similar stories of their experiences that show them that you get it, that you're there to help and you're not a threat. If you remember that the brain perceives everything as a threat initially. And if you're perceived as a threat initially, and then you start communicating with me transactionally, all you're going to do is reinforce that threat and spike my cortisol, and then I'm much less likely to change. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.